I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. We are very thrilled to have joining us on the program today, Janelle Fritz. Of course, Janelle is a policy analyst with the Tax Foundation Center for State Tax Policy. She's the lead researcher on the annual State Business Tax Climate Index, amongst a host of other things. Uh, Janelle, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So let's dive into uh, an interesting area that you have been uh, tracking and looking at, and that is uh, Americans on the move and uh, how taxes uh, are playing a role in that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this week we looked at where people are moving and where they moved in 2022, and the pattern that we've seen in past years uh, has repeated and is even stronger this year, and that uh, people are moving away from high-tax states and towards low-tax states. So give us uh, some specifics on that in terms of where – uh, where are the high places that people are leaving from? Leaving from, you'll see some of the expected subjects, such as California <laughs> and New York and Illinois, are seeing a lot of out-migration there. We also see states like uh, Pennsylvania and Oregon that are losing oh. folks. Uh, West Virginia is in the top ten, which is not as high as a uh, tax state, but their state tax code does have some issues that they need to work through. So those are, those are in our bottom ten in terms of migration. But the top ten are also some states that you might expect. Texas and Florida, always at the top there. But also we're seeing states like Utah and Arizona and Idaho near the top, which are seeing a lot of immigration. And they do have all the major taxes, but they do see pretty low tax rates on broad basis. They are doing those taxes well. Yeah. And as uh, as you look at all of that, Janelle, and uh, I know it's not just the taxes. It's kind of an extension out into all the other little taxes and fees and all of those kinds of things. And what's the what's the climate around that? Yeah, I would say that in terms of where people are moving, like you said, taxes aren't the only thing that matters to people. Obviously, there are other decisions that come into uh, where people are moving and where they want to go. But tax policy really can make a difference, as we're seeing with these numbers here. And even if taxes themselves aren't at the front of someone's mind, if the state has a very good economy and a robust economy, that's going to bring a lot more people in. And that can be affected by their tax code, even if people aren't always thinking of that. Yeah, give us some perspective in terms of uh, the business climate in uh, those states where people are coming in or where they're actually abandoning, uh, because obviously it uh, you can talk about the corporate rate, but it's it's also that small business owner, that entrepreneur that often gets kind of a double whammy in some of those high-tax states. Exactly, yeah. And some of those high-tax states like New York and California, like you mentioned, we do put out a, a business tax climate index every year where we rank states based on how competitive their tax structure is, but not just how much they bring in at how they bring it in. And New York and California are, once again, at the bottom of that list. They have high taxes. They have very complex taxes. And like you said, those can often hit entrepreneurs really hard. 
So if businesses are looking for opportunities, sometimes they're going to be coming out of those states and into states where they have a little more room to grow. Yeah, and as uh, as you look at some of the other things that are impacting kind of that direction in terms of tax policy. Uh, are you seeing any kind of interesting innovation? Obviously, some of these places like Texas and Florida uh, are kind of have a history of that. Are there others that are kind of getting creative in terms of creating that positive tax climate? Well, we've been seeing a lot of tax changes in recent years for the better in that a lot of states have been bringing down their corporate income tax rates and their personal income tax rates. We've seen a bunch of states in both 2021 and 2022 do that. Uh, We're seeing some more interest in that this year, even though that will probably be uh, dialed back a little bit from past years. But one of the big things that we're seeing a lot of states do is move towards flat income taxes. And that's important for a number of reasons. That can help make sure that uh, uh, people's tax bills aren't going up as inflation hits. So uh, at the top threshold of their their tax brackets, they're not going to have more money in that threshold than they should. And also, uh, flat taxes help create a buffer against rising rates. If everyone is subject to the same rate, it's a lot harder for people to increase those rates. So that's, that's definitely an improvement in a lot of state taxes that we're seeing right now. Yeah, and how many are actually moving towards that flat tax? It's always one that people uh, look at longingly, but uh, a lot never quite seem to get there. But uh, what, what are you actually seeing on the ground? Right. So uh, in the past, we've had a pretty stable number of uh, flat tax states, but in the past couple of years. So Arizona has a flat tax as of January 1. That's very new. Georgia is headed there in 2024. We've got Iowa that's headed there in 2026. Kentucky reached a flat tax in 2019, which is pretty recent. And then uh, Mississippi is also headed there. I believe they did accomplish that as of January 1. So that's a lot of movement in the last year towards that flat tax. Yeah, fascinating. And then uh, what are you also seeing in terms of some of those other taxes, food tax, uh, some of those other uh, sales tax and so on? Uh, How are those kind of playing out and, again, kind of creating that overall burden uh, on the citizens? Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, so in terms of sales taxes and other taxes, we're not seeing quite as much movement as we are on the income tax. That's pretty big on people's minds right now, and that's kind of the big ticket issue that people can grab hold of. But yes, you're right that sales tax also makes a difference. Uh, You want to make sure that your sales tax base is as it should be. Uh, Even though we haven't seen a lot of movement in this yet, we're hoping that states can uh, grab hold of broadening their sales tax bases to uh, cover more uh, consumption in order to bring down sales tax rates. Uh, In the past, sales tax bases were a lot broader because they're based on goods, but because our economy is moving more towards services, that sales tax base is getting smaller, so states have to bring that rate up in order to bring the same amount of revenue. But we're hoping in the future states can broaden that sales tax base in order to uh, bring in the right amount of revenue for themselves without raising rates. Yeah, 
Um, uh, of course, we're uh, just getting ready to, to dive into our legislative session here in the uh, in the state of Utah. And uh, all the talk is about a tax cut, uh, which is something that, that tends to happen around here. And, and uh, where else are you seeing uh, something in, a, you know, crazy town would be uh, the way it would look on the federal level. <laughs> Whether states are actually making <laughs> that happen in terms of cuts. Right. So uh, there are a lot of states, like I said, that have already made cuts in recent years. Now, I do want to mention Idaho because they've made cuts both in 2021 and mm-hmm. 2022. It looks like they're gearing up to try again this year. Trifecta. So that'll definitely be something to watch. <laughs> uh, that's great. And does any of this uh, look like it will ever get any traction in terms of how things are done at the federal level? We know uh, early on in the 118th Congress, they're, they're talking about reducing the number of IRS agents and uh, but are we ever going to make some real changes in terms of those uh, tax rates that uh, might be a little more towards that flat flat tax? I mean, that's a really good question, and sometimes that's a hard one to answer. Things on the federal level move a lot uh, less quickly than they do on the state level. <laughs> that's a nice way to uh, say the nice that, thing is because we can. <laughs> I try my best. But the nice thing is, at least the federal government does have a lot of these states that are making good improvements to look to and they can see how states are succeeding and how it's helping them so maybe maybe sometime that will uh, convince them that that's something they should try as well all right i'm going to have you on when that day comes we'll have a bit we'll have a big celebration (laughs) (laughs) we'll have a pizza party over here too i promise (laughs) there we go awesome well as we round things out janelle anything else you're watching for especially as we roll into the new year Uh, I would just kind of reiterate that state tax codes really do make a difference, especially in this uh, post-pandemic economy where people are more mobile, uh, businesses are more mobile. People are really looking towards where they have the most opportunity. So state taxes, they really matter, and they're going to continue to matter even more in the future. Awesome. Janelle Fritz is a policy analyst at the Tax Foundation. Uh, Janelle, always appreciate your perspective. Great insight, and uh, we know where to look, and we know where the pizza party is going to be if the uh, federal government ever gets around to a flat tax. So <laughs> thanks so much for Absolutely. joining us. You'll be invited. All right. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. Bye. All right, some great insight there. And uh, amazingly, Utah continues to score very well uh, as it relates to taxes. We're already talking about a tax cut uh, again this year. Uh, the size of that will be interesting to debate. Uh, where other surplus funds will go will also be interesting to debate. Uh, but it's also really important to recognize that in functioning responsibly and to having some fiscal responsibility in particular – uh, is a great pool. And obviously that is pulling a lot of people to the great state of Utah. And hopefully in those surpluses, we can make sure we're factoring in for infrastructure and things that will help us to be visionary in terms of how do we handle that growth. Growth's a good thing. People wanting to come here is a great thing. Uh, we love the talent. We love the people. Uh, and being able to make sure we can sustain that over time is is really the big test. And uh, so I think that will be something to watch. And I wish, I wish that to those in Washington, D.C., would just look at the states that are doing this, uh, that are putting less of a tax burden on the citizens and functioning within their means, not racking up big debts, uh, and being able to create an environment where people want to come, live, work, play, do the whole drill. And uh, Utah's a great model for that. And uh, our legislature and our governors have uh, certainly played into that, uh, as well as just the way the people who live here actually function. Uh, It's a great Utah model thing, and it's one I think we should export to the rest of the country and clearly into our nation's capital uh, where they could take a few lessons as well. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, some final thoughts on Inside Sources. Stick around. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.